Hello everyone. I hope you are doing well. We are back with another episode of Blitz Business. I hope you will enjoy this podcast. Thank you so much uh, Agamin Chakti for coming over to Blitz Business. It's a pleasure to have you guys. Uh, thank you Ashish. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Perfect. So, uh, let's start. So, Uh, guys can you tell me a little bit the idea behind uh, setting up uh, your venture where did the idea came from yeah so uh, when we started uh, a floating canvas company about 3 uh, 3 and a half years back now uh, uh, so uh, all three of us uh, all three of us co-founders uh, uh, is quite of our diverse uh, academic backgrounds we sort of found a common ground in advertising Uh, as a profession so that's that's where we met and uh, so we always were sort of uh, immersed in this uh, art and design uh, uh, ecosystem i guess that's where uh, the the seeds were planted subconsciously so when uh, we uh, sort of uh, 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 you know took a break from our professions individually we still kept in touch and we used to discuss ways as to you know what should we do next and uh, one of one of the questions that uh, sort of stuck in our minds is uh, why why don't we see more of art around us and what's what's holding people back and uh, uh, that's that's when we started uh, talking to people especially people around us and also people from diverse backgrounds and uh, uh, we uh, we crystallized all the discussion into uh, two primary roadblocks that uh, we thought uh, is stopping people from going for the entire art experience uh, the first was that uh, uh, you know acquiring uh, any decent piece of art uh, calls for uh, a significant initial investment right and uh, since not everyone is uh, an investor uh, there are a lot of art enthusiasts so uh, that that bulk investment is sort of a turn off Uh, when it comes to bringing art into your homes or offices, uh, the second roadblock uh, that we sort of found was that uh, a lot of people thought, "What if, uh, you know, what if I sort of uh, feel like a change a year or two down the line? What if, uh, you know, I feel like having something else in its place because uh, tastes evolve after all the time? Uh, what do you do then? Uh, well, since not every uh, piece of work is uh, You know, collectible that appreciates in value and which you can flip for a profit. Uh, the only uh, realistic option that you have is probably take it down from the wall and uh, you know make another uh, uh, bulk investment in another piece. So uh, when we started off, uh, we decided to tackle these two roadblocks uh, head on, and that is how we uh, came up uh, with uh, our subscription service. Uh, sort of India's first uh, uh, art on subscription service at scale, which uh, allows you to uh, subscribe uh, curated art uh, for as little as uh, you know, starting from as little as ninety rupees a month, and it gives you the option to uh, uh, earn a fee switch every six months. So every six months, if you feel like it, uh, you can uh, keep refreshing uh, the art that you have. So that was. Uh, the genesis of how we began uh, but of course uh, uh, you know as they say uh, you go to the market with something and the market ends up getting something else out of you <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, what what happened is that uh, uh, even though we went to the market purely as uh, an art and subscription service provider but uh, depending on the kind of feedback that we started getting from people Uh, as to uh, you know, since since we had uh, a very strong curation, and that's one of the core assets of our business. So a lot of st- people uh, started saying that uh, you know they really love the art that we have, and they would like to buy it upfront. So uh, eventually, uh, we decided to expand our service, uh, based on the feedback that we got, and uh, we went from being purely a subscription provider to uh, you know uh, a seller of art as well. So uh, as of today, uh, as far as uh, the art e-commerce part of our business goes, uh, any customer, be it an individual or an organization, has the option to acquire art in three different ways. Uh, the first is of course uh, subscribe, 
Uh, the second is buy. You can outright buy a work of art. And the third is uh, subscribe now and buy later. So you can start off with a subscription and uh, once uh, you're comfortable with what you have, uh, you can convert your subscription into a purchase. So that's, uh, yeah, the e-commerce business of us in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. How does, uh, uh, so couple of questions in terms of where do you see the volume or growth coming in out of all these three different segments like subscription, uh, sell outright, uh, subscription versus buy later on? And the yeah. second question my will be in terms of do you also provide a service wherein I can, if I buy, um, I rent, um, I take a subscription for an art piece, I can switch over. I can change it. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, that's why I meant uh, by the switch service in the sense when you said uh, uh, you can uh, you earn a free switch every six months of your tenure, right? So uh, every six months uh, you earn a free switch. So uh, we offer three different tenures as far as our subscription goes: a uh, one mm -hmm. year, two year, and three years. And for mm -hmm. every six months that you complete in your tenure, uh, you earn a switch. So it's uh, not a mandatory. It's not a mandatory switch. It's not like you have to have to switch it. But mm -hmm. if you feel like it, then you can go and make use of the switch functionality to refresh your app. Yeah, and uh, uh, as, as to the first question you asked in terms of, uh, of where we see more potential for subscription and where we see more potential for sale, uh, from whatever we have seen till now, uh, it's even though it's a mix of, of as far as individuals and organizations go, but uh, organizations, uh, for example, the B2B clientele, especially uh, you know places like hotels, uh, restaurants, uh, corporate offices, uh, co-working spaces, uh, basically businesses that have the mandate of uh, refreshing their looks uh, on a regular basis, uh, you know, be it a restaurant or be it a hotel, uh, they make it a point to, you know, uh, keep, uh, you know, keep their uh, places uh, looking fresh and dynamic. Uh, places like this, they have uh, a greater tendency to opt for the, a subscription service. Mm -hmm. Got it, got it. And how many artists currently do you have uh, on your platform? So currently, uh, we have uh, 35 artists that we are representing on our platform right now. Uh, and we are looking to add more artists on uh, daily basis. So yeah, currently we are representing 35 artists who are spread across uh, different uh, uh, mediums as such. So we have uh, uh, original uh, artists who are into fine art, we have uh, photographers, we have uh, graphic designers uh, and illustrators, and we also have artists who work with mixed media pieces. Mm -hmm. And how does the unit economics of the business looks like? I mean, in terms of there is a little back and forth, I could be wrong in terms of subscription service, you have to deliver, etc. So uh, is it from a unit economics level, all these three different models are profitable or you need to reach certain volume uh, before to break even? So we, uh, in terms of unit economics, uh, uh, it's a very crucial part in subscriptions, right? Like you make your expenses mm. on day one, but the money mm. comes in over a period of time, right? Like, mm. uh, let's say a subscription, which is for one year or two years, right? So uh, uh, if it's an outright sale, yes, we make a certain amount uh, right up front. However, in subscription, we try to recover the money uh, over a period of, say, 12 to 18 months, depending on the tenure and the kind of artwork that you have. Uh, every subscription that goes out, the pricing has been set in such a way that we try to recover money uh, by, say, 18 months. Uh, so that's how it's structured right now. Obviously, uh, your... Uh, 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 volume is the game as such uh, once uh, we have right numbers flowing in uh, uh, you will break even but uh, currently on unit economics on one artwork uh, we recover the money over a period of 18 to 12 to 18 months mm -hmm. and if, if i may add uh, so that duration sure. that sort of uh, reduces significantly uh, depending on the kind of art that uh, art that you're dealing with for example uh, if if you're dealing in digital illustrations or photo taps, uh, which are basically uh, open edition artworks. Like you can have multiple copies of the same artwork. Uh, in that case, uh, uh, the recovery happens way faster than uh, compared to, let's say, you're dealing with uh, uh, original artworks like a one-off painting where there's just one piece of something. So uh, those factors also come into play when it comes to the overall recovery. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, have you guys? Uh, uh, do you have any plans to tap into adjacencies, for example, or do you currently also sell antiques, etc.? Yeah. So in terms of, uh, uh, it's it's a curatorial call that we took initially that uh, uh, we'll stick to uh, contemporary artists, uh, contemporary artworks. Uh, uh, basically, uh, you know, artists who are emerging and doing exciting work. Uh, and uh, we find a market for that. So uh, our approach uh, and our curation since day one has been that, uh, in the sense uh, we still haven't uh, uh, gotten into antiques or we still haven't gotten into you know uh, the premium masters space. So this is uh, the space that we decided to stick to initially, and we see a lot of potential there as well because uh, it helps us. Uh, a play in that uh, sweet uh, price band that uh, that helps to sort of keep things affordable and accessible at the same time. Because one of the uh, biggest uh, benefits of the subscription model is that uh, it gives uh, uh, access uh, very uh, uh, affordably uh, to the target audience that we have in mind. Uh, in the sense, the art enthusiasts and not really the serious US investor or the high-end investor. So uh, that's that's the kind of curatorial sense that we have uh, used uh, from the very beginning. So yes, uh, no antiques uh, or no uh, high-end artworks for now, but definitely going forward, uh, if we see uh, a scope for it, uh, uh, we can consider it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Agam, you want to add something to it? Uh, no, no. Uh, I think uh, Shakti covered uh, uh, that bit. Uh, so. Uh, we are, uh, as he mentioned, right? We are we are wanting to currently focus only on uh, your uh, uh, decorative art space as such, as compared to investment. Uh, you know, lit- uh, art where artwork is treated as an asset, right? So uh, that's our focus as of now, and uh, we want to democratize art through. Uh, these uh, low ticket size uh, artworks to start with and support upcoming uh, contemporary artists. So that's how we are placed right now. And what are your guys thought about? I mean, you must be aware of uh, NFT and the digital art and the crazy numbers coming in uh, into the picture. I mean, what's your thought? I mean, as a layman, I have absolutely zero clue what's happening in this world. It's a space that has heated up really fast, uh, really soon. Uh, uh, I mean, it, it, it's, it, it has been around for a while. It's it's just that it's, it's blown up exponentially in... Uh, in the past few months uh, it's definitely a space uh, that we are tracking but uh, uh, like you must also have observed there's a lot of flux in it right now a lot of things happening on a daily basis a lot of things changing on a daily basis mm-hmm. and uh, as we speak uh, it, it seems as if uh, uh, things have sort of uh, cooled down a bit uh, compared to the past week or the past month but uh, uh, but definitely, it's a uh, it's a technological breakthrough that will have its own applications and advantages. So yeah, uh, as uh, as a part of the art ecosystem, it's something that we are definitely tracking and uh, figuring out how best to make uh, use of it in our context. And uh, in a way, uh, that space is also. Uh, same again in the collectible space if you look at it right uh, it is uh, it is something that uh, you know people uh, with a certain uh, uh, certain income or certain uh, uh, kind of maturity are the ones who are investing in uh, NFTs as such uh, which in a way is we, we are a little far away from that as of now yes we are tracking it but let's see how things turn out for uh, in the space and one thing, so I'm I'm not an art expert per se, but I follow it very closely. Right. So one thing I've noticed is in terms of like painting from let's say VS Kaiton Day, Raza, and versus you when you look into the West, right? The uh, uh, the price, the ticket size at which they sell is significant, significant. Like the difference is a lot uh, compared to paintings like. Uh, the topmost artist from India versus the West. I mean, from your perspective, 
what uh, what is your thought process on that like uh, what's the reason uh, in terms of the prices differences or the auctions which happens i mean why like i was always curious to understand and know uh, why and top most indian artists not able to match in terms of the ticket size of uh, the paintings uh, which gets auctioned at christies or anywhere else i think uh, a lot of it uh, also comes down to the fact as to uh, uh, who's buying it uh, in the sense uh, if uh, mostly uh, if you see if it's the indian artist you are talking about uh, if uh, most of the collectors happen to be from this part of the world rather than from you know an enlarged global pool uh, that itself uh, plays a big part uh, uh, in terms of how much uh, an artwork would command and of course uh, uh, there are a lot of other factors when it comes to the pricing of these artworks in the terms of uh, uh, where do uh, those pieces or those artists uh, stand in terms of uh, you know global appeal or uh, you know uh, things like that so uh, definitely you know, uh, someone like a picasso or a rembrandt who have uh, you know a lot more uh, 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 visibility appeal and uh, demand will fetch a lot more so yeah that's that's that also actually one important part is that uh, the awareness overall around art is way more matured in the west as compared to what we see out here right uh, mm-hmm. uh, so that that factor also plays a very important role like in your uh, list of priorities uh, uh, where uh, you're doing up a house or you're doing stuff uh, art is not really how you plan art is like one of the least priorities to start with right apart from that also like people like this is something that we have realized while we are talking or we are while we are pitching to you know say corporates or while we are pitching to restaurants and stuff uh, people don't mind just picking up artworks from google images and you know uh, making it a frame and putting it up, putting it up right so uh, the uh, the awareness uh, is is something uh, which is a little of little of a problem out here uh, and uh, that uh, uh, respect for the artist or supporting the artist bit also or the artwork as such overall is something which is not at par as what it's invest uh, i'll give you a very simple example right uh, this is uh, this speaking from my experience and so the school that i went to for us the art lecture was more of uh, just doing those sceneries right like drawing two mountains having a uh, uh, you know Uh, a heart a river or something of that sort and that's that's it right there was nothing more to it so from our uh, uh, childhood the way art has been taught to us was very different uh, as compared to what it happens in the west so uh, that's where the disparity is also is what i feel mm-hmm. no definitely makes sense i think uh, uh, awareness is definitely one of the key factors uh, people are just more than happy to have something on their wall rather than having a yes. preference over yes. one artist in the other yes yeah and uh, and a lot of a lot of artworks in india get sold in the name of abstract art which usually flows down from say your thailand mm-hmm. or from uh, china which are like multiple pieces of the same art pieces and it just you know uh, uh, they are put up they are locally sold as well at a rate which you know you can't really compete with so uh, mm-hmm. again like the person the 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 end consumer or the end buyer is someone who for him uh, it's more about getting something that he understands or he wants to uh, you know just fill up a wall rather than connecting or experiencing an art piece that's where the difference is right uh, so yeah absolutely i think that's a great point definitely um, so uh, uh, yes please shakti yeah so uh, so this was actually uh, a learning for us uh, like right from the initial days as to whenever or whenever we used to uh, you know uh, sort of initiate a conversation around art with people uh, mm-hmm. first of all there is a sense of intimidation when it comes to art like uh, <clears throat> a lot of people uh, have this thing in our minds that it's not for us you know that yep. it's it's not meant for us it's meant for someone else True. and uh, True. Uh, secondly the other the other very common reaction that you elicit from people is that uh, uh, we don't understand like uh, you know it's, it's it's not for us and we don't understand it uh, so uh, one of the one of the primary things that we have tried to drive with this service 
and one of the primary reasons why also we were intent on making the entire thing more accessible and affordable was that art is meant to be an experience first it's not something that's meant to be understood per se it's an experience like you you know you you understand geometry and algebra but you don't really have to understand understand this you know you need to experience this so, so yeah. that's why we, we wanted to make the aspect of experience uh, way more uh, accessible and way more affordable so that you know just just don't don't worry too much about uh, you know spending too much don't worry too much about these things just just let uh, you know a work of art inside your home just let a work of art inside your office and and see what it does you know just just spend down around it and see what it does that's that's yeah. a good place to start and uh, there are studies which which very clearly mention that art in workspace or art at home has an Im- impact on your creativity on the overall ambiance the overall effect of the person all your mindset and stuff right it's proven it's it's for it's there right uh, but people still want to find some kind of meaning uh, whatever art piece they are trying to you know put up or something of that sort so an experience is something that's uh, what we are trying to build also so yeah mm-hmm. And definitely i think i think these are very two crucial aspects which you guys talked about i think um, uh, awareness appreciation and definitely in terms of uh, 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 the appreciation needs to be there for the art piece you know to understanding as mentioned by shakti also the not just algebra and geometry but yeah right. great uh, so moving yeah. on so what has been for you guys uh, has been the most difficult aspect when you started the business uh, during your initial days and what's how how that sort of challenges shifted from uh, your journey so far till now so uh, i mean uh, there's uh, there's a usual mess that's uh, associated with uh, you know building something from scratch uh, that's that's there of course uh, the usual the usual grind but uh, to be specific uh, at least in our case uh, what we noticed is that uh, since uh, we were not uh, dealing in something uh, that could be classified as uh, a commodity or something that's like an essential service so in our case uh, what we saw was that uh, the usual sales cycle uh, ended up being quite longer than what it would have been for uh, you know other products or other services that were be more uh, commodified or uh, that were considered be more essential so yeah uh, a longer sale cycle was definitely uh, something that i would say stood out in our case and uh, uh, apart from that uh, yeah like uh, things like Quite- hiring like when you, when you have a yeah agam continue you have some yeah so uh, uh- along with uh, the sales cycle also which is on the demand side right the supply side also we faced we faced uh, uh, you know a few roadblocks uh, starting off uh, starting off with a completely new service which is never heard of kind of a thing in india uh, the artists were also a little reluctant to you know uh, uh, give this uh, a try right uh, when i say that uh, uh, you know uh, artists have been uh, have been uh, molded in such a way that uh, they have to do a certain set of exhibitions and they have to sell their artwork selling is their only uh, you know uh, a channel through which they used to uh, you know get the art pieces out uh, renting it out was something that was different and new for them and that initial uh, you know leap of faith is what i would say was very difficult to get uh, to make artists understand and you know get them on board so when we started off uh, the there were a set of few artists who really believed in us and you know it took us a while to explain them the entire thing why we are doing uh, what's the reason we are doing this and uh, uh, once once the set of uh, first i think we launched with uh, 10 artists to start with uh, those 10 artists uh, from there uh, after building the website and everything uh, people saw the value in the proposition right uh, uh, we started pitching to people and that's when the once the service was out uh they start you know a lot of other artists then came in and they're like they wanted to be a, a part of the platform now so uh 
the initial few of uh, initial few months were difficult to get artists on board as well a uh, couple of other reasons also for that right uh, artists were already uh, you know uh, uh, unhappy with the current uh, uh, online selling structure uh, or the online e-commerce structure of how they were trying to sell art pieces and stuff uh, so yeah that was one thing that i would i thought i would point out that uh, it was uh, it was kind of difficult to get artists on board as well but uh, more power to our artists who you know uh believed in us and uh, gave us that push to you know go ahead with it uh, so that was one uh, i think uh, apart from that uh, something that we currently are also facing uh, and we are trying to address it on daily basis is just creating awareness around the service also right uh, because uh, uh, like till uh, till till date whoever we have spoken to about art on subscription they always have that aha moment that okay oh yeah there is a service of this sort which is there uh, but again like due to being a startup uh, budgets are tight you try to you know figure out uh, where to put up, uh, put the money uh, so uh, i think awareness is one factor which is a major uh, 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 roadblock that we are trying to address on daily basis and yeah that's i think that's uh, something that we faced in initial days and we are trying to address it right now Mm-hmm. and what sort of activities or what sort of roadmap you have in your mind to create this level of awareness because ultimately one aspect of your business is uh creating this market awareness uh, you are developing the market as uh, you are growing into the business so in terms of doing seminars i mean what's your idea of generating this awareness uh, this market awareness what's what are your plans right so uh, uh, of course there are the usual uh, uh, you know uh, marketing initiatives that uh, uh, every our uh, digital business uh, uh, sort of embarks on uh, apart from that uh, we also uh, do uh, or try to do a lot of uh, 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 pr in the sense uh, as to how uh, the service can benefit various verticals uh, starting from uh, you know uh, the hospitality sector to starting from uh, an office uh, talking about how uh, having art in corporate spaces uh, does uh, help uh, you know the overall uh, uh, mood and vibe of the place as well as the employees uh, apart from that uh, one uh, one very uh, essential uh, target segment for us is that of uh, interior designers and architects uh, because uh, uh, what we uh, discovered in the initial days is that when it comes to Uh, businesses uh, beyond a certain scale, uh, beyond a certain scale, it's not really the proprietor who takes uh, uh, sort of decor calls when it comes to the space, but there's usually uh, an interior designer or an architect uh, involved in the middle who takes such calls. So we have uh, a very uh, customized uh, outreach and loyalty program as far as uh, uh, interior designers and architects are concerned. Uh, we always uh, try and inculcate a relationship with them a constant outreach where we keep telling them about everything new that's happening uh, uh, as far as the service goes and how they can uh, benefit from it so that's uh, that's a really crucial uh, and uh, a very healthy uh, sort of business vertical for us uh, apart from that uh, uh, as far as uh, uh, increasing visibility of the brand goes Uh, i'm not sure if we talked about this before but apart from the e-commerce aspect of the business we are also uh, we have a business arm altogether that deals in public art projects so uh, when we started off uh, initially uh, we happened to be uh, one of the winners of the inaugural edition of maharashtra startup week uh, as per which uh, we got the mandate to use uh, art to beautify uh, public spaces in maharashtra so uh, under that and we got uh, a sort of a work order from the government of maharashtra so that we could use to uh, you know bring art into public spaces so of course uh, as per that uh, there were a lot of uh, uh, public spaces that ended up uh, getting uh, our artworks on subscription like uh, rad bhavan in maharashtra but apart from that we also used it to kick start uh, a lot of other public art initiatives that we could engage in for example our uh, murals and installations uh, and sculptures and art based events and all so we uh, diversified our business that way uh, like uh, from being a pure play e-commerce service we also diversified into 
uh, a platform that enables uh, art and design-based public beautification projects uh, in the form of murals, installations, exhibitions, uh, uh, and stuff like that. So what what this did for us was that apart from uh, uh, opening up uh, a much needed uh, and a significant revenue chain, uh, it ended up generating a lot of uh, brand talk and PR for us. We got a lot of coverage from various newspapers and publications uh, as to uh, as to uh, what we were doing uh, in public spaces. And that that generated a lot of traction for the brand name as such and got us a lot of visibility. So that uh, that again has been one of the aspects uh, that really worked out for us in terms of diversification and also generating brand income. Also, Ashish, uh, one thing that we constantly work on is you know uh, to uh, partner with brands uh, and try to put out uh, you know uh, the proposition out so for example uh, we are currently listed on uh, cred as well we are selling uh, exclusive artworks on cred we are looking to partner with uh, uh, you know uh, your national fit brands like your uh, furlenko or uh, say uh, uh, a live space or something of that sort so as future plans these are the things that we are currently looking where uh, we see uh, fcc being uh, a natural fit for uh, furniture or home decor brands and trying to run affiliate marketing programs with them wow uh, uh, that's i think uh, wonderful initiatives i think the, the beautification process the and uh, the collaborations with different corporates. So if I can ask, how many credit coins do I need to spend to buy an art book? <laughs> uh, you can uh, spend, I think, if I'm not wrong, around 4,000 uh, coins to get an art book. But you have to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please, yeah, please, please check us out. I think we are listed under the home decor section. So yeah. <laughs> Got it. Got it. So, what is your uh, what's your status in terms of funding? Have you guys raised any funds, or do you plan to raise any funds? So, what's your status on that? So, currently, we are self-funded. Uh, we've been, uh, uh, you know, since past three years, we've been managing to scrape through everything that we're doing. Yes, we are we are getting investment ready, and we are wanting to raise funds as well. Uh, in the current scheme of things, the way. Uh, uh, like we were pretty solid uh, before the COVID situation happened. Uh, but uh, I think uh, now, uh, uh, again, we are back uh, to the grind of raising funds as well. Uh, as of now, uh, if you look at it, uh, all three of us have put in money from our end and we are just trying to, uh, you know, raise funds as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel, I mean, maybe I should um, uh, never ask a startup if you're planning to raise funds because as a startup, you're always raising capital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another another thing is that, so we have been, uh, uh, one, one thing that we did uh, right initially is that uh, we always had uh, the intention of uh, being in a position where we could sustain the business, even if uh, there was no uh, outside fund uh, you know, for a few years running, because, uh, so, so that's how things are like, uh, uh, diversifying the e-commerce offering from purely subscription to, you know, a buying outright or converting a subscription to uh, a purchase. Those things sort of came into play. Apart from that, uh, also things like uh, uh, our public art initiatives. Uh, these things, uh, these additional revenue channels, they sort of opened up. And and one thing that we uh, believe is that uh, uh, it's, it's I I guess it, it's better if you sort of bootstrap for the first few years because what it does is that uh, it helps you build a business if, if the business managed to survive that is you end up you end up with a business that's way more efficient because there's no other way for you to go from day one to day two you have to you have to be as efficient as possible when it comes to capital uh, you 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 have to uh, you know cut down on wasteful expenses you have to invest whatever you have in the very right places so that they generate returns so i think these things uh, are extremely essential learnings that uh, we ended up having initially and so now uh, if if we have a, a you know significant capital infusion also we exactly know uh, like how to spend it in the right way without uh, much wastage so that yeah. that i would say has been a very essential uh, 
uh, learning that we have gathered from bootstrapping uh, the initial few years. Yeah, and we started off as an art on subscription platform, right? And now we are at uh, an art-based company, which is which which is which is an art partner for an organization, individual or government for that matter. So this journey uh, is because we were bootstrapped, and now uh, the model is so robust that we know, uh, you know, uh, what are the ways in which. Uh, so each and every arm of our business currently, uh, you know, uh, kind of helps each other to run. Right. For example, uh, your uh, public art initiative kind of fuels in the money for art on subscription to run. The art on subscription helps us to get more artists on the platform through which we can then leverage those artists to work on public art initiatives. So uh, all in all, we have a model in place which ha- uh, which kind of caters to uh, uh, to uh, to, uh, to, uh, to our audience in such a way that, uh, you know, whatever kind of art requirement you have, uh, we can take care of it. Uh, and this has been achieved. And again, right, we evolved uh, with every passing day. We knew that we have to sustain and we believed in the idea. And uh, we were not too stuck on just pushing art on subscription or just doing one thing uh, and, you know, uh, not being open to different avenues through which we could make the model more uh, uh, lucrative enough for uh, even investors or for us also for that matter, right? Uh, And uh, I think this journey of the past three years, now we know that where we want to be and uh, how, uh, what are the different ways in which we can monetize and where should we park our funds or how we should park our funds. And uh, so this 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 diversified approach of ours was uh, uh, definitely put to test by the entire uh, pandemic situation, the COVID situation, right? Uh, I mean, uh, uh, straight off the bat, uh, like the entire B two B aspect of our business, uh, for example, hotels, uh, restaurants, uh, offices, uh, co-working spaces, etc., they were massively affected, right? So uh, the entire B two B aspect of our business uh, sort of you know drastically you know fell uh, overnight uh, apart from that we had a lot of uh, on-ground projects as well uh, that uh, you know had to be deferred indefinitely because of uh, uh, you know uh, the lockdown situation uh, that apart from that uh, since uh, even e-commerce wise uh, since we were dealing in something that didn't fall under the essential category so that disrupted uh, things like uh, you know delivery schedules and also our different uh, vendors but what happened was that since we had uh, a robust or a healthy number of subscriptions in place so even if we weren't shipping out anything new for a couple of months we had a recurring revenue source to at least help us keep the lights on so that mm-hmm. that really worked out in our favor so yeah so yeah and and then we the... saw the pa- yeah sorry 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 Shakti. yeah so 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 that's that's when we saw the value of something like a subscription like having a subscription mm-hmm. aspect to your business the importance of recurring revenue because that that really proved to be a lifesaver for us and uh, we uh, sort of uh, saw the entire pandemic scenario as uh, an opportunity to pivot our sales efforts from B2B to B2C because we came to the realization that the entire B2B target segment, like I said, hotels, restaurants, offices, they are going to be affected for a year or two. So it just made more sense to maybe make that shift now uh, and start talking to consumers. And again, the thing that played out in our favor is that uh, over the past six, seven months, the entire home decor category you know, has seen a silent revolution of sorts because people started spending so much time at home. They finally started paying attention to the walls around them. And they came to the realization that maybe we can do with a little more uh, beautification. So the entire home decor category sort of took off in a way. So that, that again, uh, you know, provided some much needed lift to our entire B2C approach. And yeah, like we, Hopefully, uh, like we can say that it, it's it's been a year into the pandemic, and yeah, we are still we are still there. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes, Agam, you want to add to that? Uh, no, no, I'm good. I think he's covered it. Uh, like, uh-huh. like yeah, that's what I was also saying. That subscription as a business model is 
is in a way uh, a very uh, uh, what do you say a very safe option to go with because you know for a fact that every at the end of every month uh, at the start of every month you will get a certain amount from your subscribers so you can plan your uh, you know uh, marketing efforts you can plan your uh, working capital accordingly because you know for a fact that okay this amount is going to come for sure right uh, and that kind of helps to you know keep you stay afloat also and you know do things accordingly how do you manage uh, so two very random questions bear with me so how do you first manage in terms of if someone is not paying and they have kept the artwork what do you do so uh, as of now we haven't really had this situation uh, coming up uh, our subscribers have been really sweet enough and they've been paying uh, and they because see they see the value in it uh, we have a we have a binding uh, contract uh, which when they sign up for the subscription they are ideally supposed to pay for it we have a back end system from where uh, if the consumer uh, defaults on payments twice then from from the third month they have uh, uh they key uh, they, they, they we we personally call them and we ensure mm-hmm. that the payments are done apart from that uh, every subscription comes with a kyc verification so we exactly know where the artwork is and who the person is uh that's something that uh, we've done uh, right from the start so we've covered all our bases uh, in whatever way possible to ensure that the payments come in uh, and you know there are constant reminders and everything uh, but as of now the kind of sub- subscriber profile that we've had uh we've been uh, touchwood lucky enough to have them paying on time and no no defaults happening as of now mm-hmm. and is it uh, from a consumer perspective i'm looking at yeah. uh, renting is much more cheaper or uh, buying it out so uh, uh i'll i'll give you a very simple example right like say if an art piece is for 20000 rupees uh, you buy that art piece and it's there in your space for uh, uh, for life right uh, in in the same 20000 rupees say over a period of 3 years uh, you can experience uh, six artworks right uh, so it's just that uh, so, so so the point so the point here to be noted is if if we had to put it in one line is that uh, when you're opting for the subscription service over the sale service you're not only subscribing to one artwork you're subscribing to the entire service person yes so so the amount that you're paying doesn't really go towards uh, you know having that one artwork but it also gives you the option to keep refreshing that artwork you know every 6 months if you want to so that's that that flexibility that freedom is actually what you're paying for you know the right. fact that you know i i have this artwork today or you know couple of months down the line if i feel like having something else i can have something else also so so uh, when we say subscription we we mean that entire package and not really you know just you know getting stuck to one artwork and you know just paying towards it you're so spoiling you... all the consumers so it and also right like at the cost of one you get to experience four artworks or six artworks i think it's a great proposition to be right you know and say our subscriptions start at 90 rupees a month right like it's it starts at 90 rupees a month that's like dirt cheap to have a artwork artwork from uh, a very renowned contemporary artist so uh, yeah the 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 aim is to spoil consumers and you know to make them experience quality art wow and and so do you have you ever also thought in terms of having uh, white labeled i art so for example what i'm trying to say is uh, procuring art from whatever xyz places the places you have mentioned where typically cheap art book comes from sort of providing that sort of volume driven uh, artwork under your brand name sort of white labeling instead of artist you know generic art um, if it makes sense i mean i could be totally wrong so uh, so uh, in a way of uh, like our focus till now has been more on value than volume in the sense uh, at our supply side uh, uh, so we are very uh, we are very particular about a curation in the sense uh, there are a lot of uh, uh, platforms where you will find uh, you know millions of listings like pretty much uh, you know anyone can go and sign up and put on their artworks and start selling that is of course one aspect of the business but uh, we are a curated platform uh, in the sense uh, uh, 
like even if you have a thousand listings uh, we have thousand listings of such artists that they make they meet a certain uh, curatorial standard and we are also uh, of the belief that uh, like we would rather you know given the kind of resources that we currently have at our disposal uh, we would rather uh, uh, help or actively uh, engage with let's say 30 50 or 100 artists than you know 1000 10000 or 15000 <clears throat> so that's that's one aspect of it uh, so everything uh, everything that is uh, currently available on the platform uh, is sourced directly from you know particular artists what we are uh, considering and are in the process of considering also is uh, working with artist collectives uh, especially uh, in the traditional space if you think about it in the folk or traditional space uh, the onus is not more on individual artists but uh, art collectives right uh, like uh, uh, every art form uh, has you know these certain collectives that together work on it so we have definitely considered that uh, as uh, an expansion opportunity but as of now uh, we haven't really uh, uh, you know, considered much about going to Masi. Yeah, and like I don't think white labeling, white labeling is something that we might end up doing uh, anytime soon. Like, but that's that's kind of against the core of supporting artists as well, uh, and you know, uh, making a structure. So uh, the uh, one of the fundamentals of the idea was that uh, how uh, subscription gets us revenue every month. Uh, so does it goes to the artist, right? It becomes a sustainable source of income for the artist every month, right? Uh, and that's what we want to uh, build on and grow on also. So, uh, yeah, mostly sourcing. Mm -hmm. We are we're going to stick to sourcing artworks from artists uh, and, you know, uh, again, highly curated who match our curation standards and, you know, we can uh, support them in whatever way possible. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, I think I've asked too many questions. <laughs> Just to wrap it up, uh, a, a question for both of you, Agam and Shakti. So, you know, looking back in time, you know, all the things you guys have done differently at your own level, at within your own role uh, and based on your learning. Um, understanding what I want to understand from you is... Uh, what would you have done differently? So, for example, up, uh, after seeing your your journey till now, uh, from the last couple of two, three years, what would you have done differently? So, um, um, Agam or Shakti, anyone wants to go ahead first? Yeah. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I so that's a tough question. But uh, like, yeah. I think we've never thought about it in a way that what we could have done differently because uh, what we've always been doing is, you know, uh, as I mentioned before, also we've been evolving, right? Like with at every step, we've always taken an opportunity or uh, any kind of issues that we have faced and turned it into uh, the way we would have done it. And we have gone ahead and done it, right? Like, so uh, in terms of doing th things differently, I think up, uh, yeah, so what we could have also done is, uh, I think, taken a couple of vacations in between. But apart from that, <laughs> <laughs> apart from that, I don't think, uh, like, them, like I, I, I don't know, like, Shakti, if you have something, you can go ahead. But... Yeah, so, uh, so like, in, in hindsight, what uh, I would say is, uh, like, we probably could have uh, uh, diversified our uh, revenue sources uh, sooner than we did, uh, because uh, uh, if, if if you think about it, uh, like we are in the business of uh, taste and aesthetics and not of any uh, specific distribution model per se. So uh, even though uh, in our uh, initial days, uh, like a lot of our communication and marketing. Uh, focused on the fact that we are a subscription model, but uh, eventually when we went to the market and we started talking to people, uh, so so for example, when when we went to uh, hotels or co-working spaces and pitched them our subscription service, they loved our curation and they loved our taste first, right? And so they said, okay, great, uh, I'll take these frames from you, but you know what? I love your taste. Can you also do this mural for me? Or can you also help me source uh, an installation for this place? Or can you help me curate a set of sculptures for this place? That's how uh, that's how uh, we ended up diversifying in the first place, right? Uh, into the entire uh, 
uh, the public art and installation space that we are into now and that that forms a significant part of the business when it comes to individual consumers also uh, people came back to us with the feedback that the lava curation and instead of going for a subscription can they just buy that artwork outright right so 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 that's 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 when we realized ki you know maybe it's not just about you know uh, trying to focus on one kind of distribution model or access model but it's our, our real asset uh, is our taste and our aesthetics and our curation so that that forms the essence of pretty much everything we do right now like if you if you look at our entire service you can roughly categorize into three verticals the way we stand today uh, one of course is the e-commerce aspect of it which is the purchase and subscription of uh, artworks and art frames uh, the second is uh, of course the entire uh, public art and beautification space that involves murals and uh, installations and sculptures and uh, the third aspect of it which we are uh, in the process of launching right now is the entire art collectible space because uh, uh, artists have moved on from you know the confines of the frame and they have started they have started uh, you know dabbling in various other forms uh, various other shapes uh, like uh, you know someone is doing uh, you know art toys like a cause or someone is doing Uh, you know, limited edition home decor items and stuff like that. So it's not just about the frame anymore. Things have gone beyond that, and the same applies to art enthusiasts and collectors also. Like not everybody or not not every new age uh, art enthusiast or collector is looking to buy or invest a painting per se. They are looking at other forms also. And the common factor, the common thread that ties all of this together, is the kind of uh, curation the kind of taste the kind of aesthetics that we stand for and of course uh, our working relationship with the artists who sort of match our wavelength and uh, what we stand for so i think uh, shifting that focus to that level sooner would have been great but i i, I think we haven't done too badly <laughs> after all so, yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah so one thing that is clear to me is whenever uh, uh, my our, our offices are open i'll definitely ping you guys for a couple of artworks and uh, like absolutely <laughs> absolutely absolutely we are going to hold you to that yeah it's now officially on a podcast so you can't <laughs> yeah, yeah. and back out of i cannot back out now <laughs> yeah if my other co-founders are listening i made a commitment <laughs> yes <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for uh, coming over to Blitz Business. It was a pleasure and a wonderful. It was a wonderful discussion to understand the interesting world of art. Thank you, thank you so much for having us, and thank you, Ashish. Thank and, you, you know, so much for having us. Best of luck, uh, best of luck with this initiative, and yeah, we'll keep listening. Thank you everyone for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, We will be back with more interesting episodes soon. Stay tuned.